Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Elevate Church in Perth, Australia. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps. Today is a really exciting day because we're talking about, well, we have been for the last gosh, two weeks. This is the third week. Yeah. We have been talking about our mind. Master mind. I love that. And the actual phrase is change your thinking, change your life. I love that. It's an incredible thing to think about. And it's an incredible truth to grab a hold of. And if we do this morning as we have over the last few weeks, and it's just another building block to add to what we're doing here at Elevate Church. My prayer is that becomes a real truth for you, change my thinking, and it will change my life. And there's actual proven evidence of that happening. And scientists, psychologists, psychiatrists have been in that realm of researching and neurophysicists have been doing this for a number of years. And as time goes on, data comes up and it shows us evidence of what that looks like. So whether this morning we are really in tune and believe Jesus 100% is real and all the rest of it, and I'm not going to talk about that today, or whether we don't, interestingly, science has provided us some answers that we might be wanting to consider a little more about how our life actually works. So if I was to tell you, what if we found the answer to becoming happier, healthier? What if we found the answer to becoming smarter, clearer in our thinking? Would this be something that we would strive for? Hmm. Would this be something that we would fight for? Yes. So... If I were to tell you that that's a truth this morning, and this is to answer in your own head, would I run after it? Today, we're actually going to unpack a little more about how to activate and engage our brain and what we think and how our mind works. And I got most of today's um, info, let's say, and I'm jumping ahead, I know, Matt, (laughs) already, is a book written by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Switch on your brain, the key to peak happiness, thinking and health. And this chick's a psychologist. And she, some of you may be familiar with her, some of you may not be. At the moment, this book is on sale for $1.99 on Amazon, electronically, digitally. Just download it is all I can say. It is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And why I love what she has done with her ministry, let's say, or with her opportunities to engage with people, she looks at what our brain does from a scientific point of view and how that links or actually underscores God's word or how God was actually the author and founder of stuff and how science, let's say, has underscored that instead, which I love. So my recommendation this morning... Get your hands on that book. It's very, very, very good. As much as we've got other resources at the back, which we'll talk about later, this one's a very strategic one. 
So the thing that's really interesting is we have the ability to gain control of our thoughts and feelings that allows quite possibly for us to control the programming and chemistry of our brain. See, it's pretty amazing, our brain, but firstly, our brain is controlled by our mind. What is our mind? Our thoughts, feelings and opinions. Does that make sense? So you really need to get a hold of that. It's like your brain is your muscle. It's like your, your central kind of operating system and it does what it does, but your mind has to tell it what to do first for then for it to do something. Make sense? Okay. So the interesting thing is, do you know that what we are thinking every moment of every day becomes a physical reality in our brain and our body? These thoughts collectively form our attitude, which is our state of mind, which in, in turn can determine our lifestyle. Now, that's a lot to unpack in that statement. And I'll try to do that over the next 20 minutes. See, our brains respond to our mind by sending neurological signals throughout our body. This is the sciencey bit, which means that our thoughts and emotions are transformed into physiological and spiritual effects. And then physiological experiences transform into mental and emotional states. So that's a bit heady, I know, but you'll see how that kind of works as we go on. See, it's, I think, really crazy to think that something seemingly immaterial, like a belief, can actually change our physical existence. That blows my mind, but it actually can. Science tells us that it does, but God also tells us that it does. See, it's awesome news that we are created and wired for love because we're created in the image of God. And that means by default, our genetic makeup, let's say, is to make great and wise choices, to be clear thinking and to have the opportunity to operate out of joy, peace, grace, no matter the circumstance or the situation. See, our brain is neuroplastic, and that's like plasticine or kind of Play-Doh, but plasticine's a bit firmer because it moulds a bit better. And God has built this operating system of neurogenesis, and that means that new nerve cells are birthed every day. Well, what a coinkydink that God actually says, the Lord's mercies are new every day. So he knew what he was creating when he put our body together. And he knew that there would be a time in motion that we would begin to understand what our brain does, what our mind does to then influence our physical world. And it's an incredible miracle how that happens and how that can actually transform the very existence of who we are what we are and what we do. See, our mind is designed to control the body. The brain is a part of the body, okay? We control our brain matter through our thinking and our choosing. We can't control the events and circumstances of life, that's true, 
but we can control our reactions to those circumstances and experiences. And for me, never has a scripture been more real and more profound than the one Paul wrote to Timothy. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. That was that was such a revelation for me because I've always been a pretty happy-go-lucky girl and I've always had a really good um, attitude and approach to life and I never was really the kind of person that would um, struggle with, um, let's say, anxiety or kind of have um, kind of a panicky approach. I was a little bit of a warrior, but I kind of just went with stuff and grabbed life with two hands and didn't really worry about it. Well, it kind of came into about 2006, seven, and we were at a stage where we were looking to move from Perth to go and live in Adelaide. And with that meant that I would leave all my family behind, all my friends, all my established networks, my job that I loved, everything about my world was literally going to be shaken at its very core, move house, move home, blah, 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 all the rest. And... I didn't know that underlying this is what would be considered a level of trauma, emotional trauma, because a lot was happening all at once. It wasn't one thing. It was everything that you could ever think of was happening at the one time in my life. And at that time, before moving to Adelaide, I just did a few different jobs because I had finished my job working full-time um, at a church and then moving into what I would do in Adelaide had no clue. And I did a few bits and pieces, but one of the jobs I did, because I have a makeup and nail kind of background, I ended up working for Clinique as a counter manager at David Jones in the city. And I love that. Like, that's no problem. Like, that was fun. Like, that was no issue for me. But what was really remarkable is one of the days I was standing there and talking with customers, and it was a lunch hour as well, so typically really busy, lots of people, it was kind of warmish in there. Gosh, and as I talk about it, you get that reaction, I'll talk about that a bit later. The feeling starts to feel the same as I talk about it, not because I'm um, there anymore, but just those emotions are revoked and you feel a certain way. So I was standing there talking to a customer and all of a sudden, you know like the movies and it starts going, she's talking and it sounds like that? That's what I was hearing. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Is it me or is it her? I don't know. Is she all right? Then I realised, no, it's actually me. Oh, my God, I'm sweating. I can't breathe. Oh, my God, I think I'm having a heart attack. What? I do? I'm fit. What? Are you? Oh, my God, I'm I can't breathe. I can't. Uh, I was kind of flailing a little bit as well, just going, what is going on? Luckily, there was this girl who I worked with, amazing girl. She goes, um... She kind of took over and the other one, she kind of gave the eye and she just grabbed me and pulled me away and went outside. Outside, oh, big deep breaths. I was like, oh, I feel so much better. Like, well, I'd it, I had experienced my first panic attack, like massive. I didn't know what it was. I just, like I said, thought I was having a heart attack. So I was like, oh my God, what is that? What the heck was that? Had no clue. Thus then began my journey of suffering quite intensively for a while of panic attacks. 
Now, I didn't move into what they call, from a psychologist's point of view, panic disorder, but it did kind of flesh under the area of anxiety coming out in the form of panic attacks. And we identified over time where that came from, why that happened, and tools I put in place to help assist me. But before I get to that part, the bit that I want to chuck in there that's a really significant thing and a really important thing is I couldn't control what was happening to me in that moment. It was like something was taking over my function because my emotions were so heightened and because of what I was feeling and going through, I just couldn't, my rational brain couldn't work out what to do about it because there were so many things to think about, to sort out, to consider, and I just couldn't do it all as I was. Now I look back at that girl and I think, girl, I got all of that. But back then, I didn't have all of that. But now with strategies and tools, I could probably approach it very differently. And I'll talk about that in a minute. The first thing I did do before I did my next step is this. I accessed what Paul talks about in Philippians. These became, like I almost sometimes joke and think, I really need to tattoo these somewhere. And not because of any statement, just because they literally have been my, my lifeline. These next couple of Bible verses have been like my very food for my soul. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. That, to me, was like blood and oxygen in my body. That, to me, became tattooed on my heart. But let me tell you the outworking of what that was. So yes, I did pray. Yes, I did present those requests to God. Yes, I asked him to intervene and infiltrate my life. But what I also did is I went to counselling. And with my counsellor, who's an absolute gem, just incredibly wise lady. And what I loved about her is she didn't have all the answers, but she made me feel safe and know that it was normal, and know this too shall pass, Louisa. But what we'll do in that passing moments of things transforming, we will work together to give you tools to support you through this, the kind of emergency time to then have freedom in the other time. So then what did I do? I went to counselling, worked on strategies, but I didn't actually go on medication and not... I didn't, well, according to the practitioners, I didn't need to at that stage. Because of my particular situation I was going through, it was considered that we could work through it a little differently. And we did. That's not to say that if that's not something that was available or required, I would have done it. Because for me, health, the mental health was very important. And I knew I couldn't do it alone. So coupled with my Bible and my journal, and going and checking out my amazing, amazing counsellor strategies and weekly visits and all those things, we commenced the journey of repairing what was broken for a bit. Then 
the how comes up as well. And Mark talked a bit about this last week's message. So if you haven't done so, if you haven't, can I encourage you, listen to the podcast. You can go to our Elevate app and listen to our podcast through there. Or you can go on other platforms. That is an excellent message to kind of really support what I'm talking about today or give you a precursor to add to what I'm talking about today. See, the second part that I did, so the be anxious for nothing or the prayer bit, the second part is this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me slash my counsellor tools and strategies and everything you've heard me from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace, that's what I need, will be with you. This, this was oxygen to my body. What did that look like? So I did think on the things that would be allowing me to have peace, joy and freedom. Very, very important. When I couldn't do those things, I had a go-to worship song. And back then, it was the song, None But Jesus. Brooke Fraser wrote that song, I think, for Hillsong. I can't even remember. But that song, honestly, was just when I couldn't do any, I would... Back then, the iPods, <laughs> I'd get my iPod out and I would listen to that song over and over and over and over until those feelings subsided. Because of the tools and strategies I had received from my counsellor, I was feeling like it will pass, but we've got to get through the turbulence of it sometimes. So I had to do things to help me get through the turbulence. And as I practised that, those times became reduced because I was able to trust in God's Word, do the things I was learning to bring freedom in my life. For me, these Bible verses were vital. And how that happened, you know... I sometimes had to do that stuff 50 times a day. And I know that sounds like it's exaggerating, but it didn't happen with one magic wand flick or one prayer or one reading of a Bible verse. It didn't happen like that. It was the repetitive nature of renewing my mind and replacing it with truth rather than what at that point I was feeling. Because my feelings weren't being truthful. They were just a reaction to what my, my mind and my brain were kind of doing at the time. So what I was feeling wasn't really true. It was real, but it wasn't true. So I needed to get my truth here, put it in my, in my mind. Remember at the beginning we talked about thoughts, actions, thoughts, opinions and feelings in my mind 
So my brain had a chance to do something so my physical body would change and do something else. God is remarkable with how he worked that one out. He's incredible at how he realised that we would fumble and stumble in life with stuff. But do not worry, he says. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent, worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then, then, God and peace will be with you. Seriously, if this is not food for our soul, I do not know what is. Now, I'm not saying that every single person in this place has struggled with a mental health issue or struggles with levels of anxiety, but you can apply this to any area, anger, despondency, whatever, whatever is your thing that prevents you from operating and walking in God's freedom, that's the thing that we talk about. Our thoughts produce words and behaviours which in turn stimulate more thinking and choices that build more thoughts in an endless cycle. We've got to break those cycles. We've got to have something that's going to wedge a stop in the wheel and start changing the direction of those thoughts, of that cycle over and over and over. I have or slash had a fear of flying and... Like debilitating, like the ones that, you know, the shaking can't even get to the door and you're like, okay, I'm going to pass out. I can't even do this. So I, again, worked on what was the key issue for me. Well, um, in layman's terms, worked out I was a bit of a control freak. And if I was flying the plane, I'd be really happy. But sitting in the plane, maybe not so much. That was kind of quite reassuring. I was like, okay, now I know where it's come from. But I have to also realise, and Mark was actually funny one time, we were talking about it, and um, he said to me, because babe, you do realise that the pilot wants to live as much as you do? I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yep, okay, so, um, and he wants everyone else on the plane to live as much as you do. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, I'll put that in my toolkit and remember that for next time. So, but what I will not do is I will not watch those stupid air crash investigation shows. What the heck? No, don't. Because then, what am I? Oh, my God, that could happen when I'm... Oh, well, it said it happened in that time. Oh, my God, you can imagine, wouldn't it be? <gasps> what am I going to do? Oh, my God. I'm not flying anywhere anytime soon, but, you know, oh, God, it's going to happen. And I'm not even going anywhere. Oh, like, well, you never know. This could be the time. This could be the time that they didn't put the latch up and then they just have the bottom fall out and then it sucks everyone out. And then, so could you imagine already? And if you've got anything going on like that, could you imagine how like destroying that would be? So what is the right thing to do? Do not watch those shows. They do not help. Instead, read success stories. So I watched the movie, I know. I watched the um, one about where they landed on the Hudson. That was good for me. Whilst it was harrowing, thinking, oh, my God, they're going to die, I saw a positive there, and that was like, oh, tick, good. Air crash, crash investigations, no, not good. So what I mean by that is our thoughts produce stuff. And what do we want to produce? I don't want to be 
scared of flying. I want to explore the world. It's amazing to get out there and do stuff. My job is to not feed my thoughts like that. My job is to feed it with good, positive, right, healthy stuff. There's the difference. And we have the ability to determine how that goes. We do, absolutely. See, we are constantly reacting to circumstances and events and the cycle goes on and our brains become shaped by the process in either a positive, good quality life direction or a negative, toxic, poor quality life direction. We have the ability to do this. And that is really important for us to grab a hold of that today. I'm going to wrap it up very, very soon. See, therefore, the quality of our thinking and choices and our reactions that determine our brain architecture, the shape or design of the brain and the resultant quality of health of our minds and our bodies. So, for example, if we eat junk food for an extended amount of time, we're not going to feel very good, are we? We're going to feel a bit sick, probably going to look a bit sick, probably going to feel very, very unwell and unhealthy. However, if we eat good, nutritious food over a period of time, we will feel better. We will perform better. We will think better. Our brain does not control us. We control our brain through our thinking. That's why God is absolutely, it is so clear, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not brain, mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are transformed when you renew your mind, you change your course of action because you have determined that you're going to choose a positive strategy, not a negative strategy. Does that make sense? Doing our own neuropathic intervention, renewing our mind, is based on regularly exercising our brain and our mind. And it takes time. And it takes practice and opportunities over and over and over. And this morning, I'm going to kind of wrap this up, but before we finish, yesterday I had a PD at my school. I work in student services, and what that means for some of us that may not know, it's Student services is in high school is the arm of the school that looks at academic achievement, but more importantly, the emotional health and well-being of students, how they adjust, how they conform or not, or what strategies we would use or not use to assist kids at crafting and shaping things that they might be a bit tricky with or find things difficult. It sometimes comes from the perspective of home life is not great. So already they're up against life because of decisions that parents have made or not made and they don't have the skills and tools to help them through really difficult patterns of life. 
And we were talking about um, what to do about that. We're having this big kind of re, uh, review and overhaul about how we do that in our school. And the interesting thing, we've got two school sites and they are gems, like they are awesome chicks. And one of them said, and I just, I, I really admire her approach to dealing with students. She said, at the end of the day, guys, we can present all the toolkits in front of any student. I'll put in there any adult. And at the end of the day, they're going to have to pick up one of those boxes and use them. We can only do so much. We can only provide so much. If they're not prepared or willing to pick something up and do something about it, we're rendered incapacitated because we can't do any more than what some person is willing to work on and work through. This morning, some of us may be here and have experienced some really full-on stuff from a mental health perspective. I want to say this. Take the opportunity to use a toolkit before you to bring about health and healing for yourself. That might mean signing up and seeing an awesome psych. That might mean seeing a counsellor to work through strategies. That might mean going on medication because sometimes we need some help to sort through stuff because our brain's doing a bit of short-circuiting and it doesn't kind of settle down. That's fine to do that. But can I ask, whilst that's all true and available, can I ask that we have the guts to invite God in that situation? Can we allow him access, full access to our heart and our mind and allow him to also be the kind of CEO of all those other strategies and agencies that we might access. Let him be the one that kind of moves and shakes stuff. Because this morning, my prayer is, and I believe it's God's heart, that he wants to see freedom across this place and space. Whatever that looks like. He doesn't want us to be bound by our past experiences, our circumstances, or things that are just flung at us without us even knowing or aware of. He wants us to have incredible opportunity to walk in peace and freedom because he loves us so much. That he gave his only son. He gave it so we have eternity. And with that, I can't imagine a more greater and more incredible God that I want to serve. So I'm going to pray, and then Kieran's going to jump up and wrap everything up. Father, I come before you, and I thank you so much for your word, your truth, the incredible miracle that we are, that you've created our minds and our brains and our bodies and what that looks like. But more than ever, God, I pray for our hearts that you have written eternity on the life of every person in this place. This morning, my prayer is that we access, access that, that we have the opportunity to have an open heart and an open mind and allow you to infiltrate whatever 
our situation may be, whether we are completely in a place of strength and healing or whether this has never touched us or whether we're in it right now, God, I pray that you descend your spirit across this place and that your hand is across every person and whatever it is, whatever is required, that you, Holy Spirit, continue to coax and encourage and allow your freedom and your peace that surpasses all understanding to permeate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a privilege to play our part in all that God is doing in and through you. To find out what your next step could be or to partner with us to reach more and more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and download our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps.